when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question, our purpose is to win. Make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt. Uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. <laughs> What's the matter, Shane? You sound a little blue. Oh, man. Why, why Craig got to wait till now, you know? Why the Giants? Why? I mean, just I, I don't understand, Mike. We're quarantined, right? Mm-hmm. These coaches can't go anywhere. We got we got pictures coming out with the with the moose sitting there watching game film on his couch, you know. Yeah, Craig somehow manages to get two interviews and a new job in New York, and it just it blows my mind, uh, you know, because I've been bragging on him. You know, we wanted him to get we want people to come after him, but I didn't want him to leave, Mike. You know, I wanted to keep saying no, you know, but I don't know. It almost makes it sound like he's been inviting these inquiries the, the more I think about it. Well, Shane, if it isn't the most Tennessee Vol thing of all time to <laughs> lose a key coach during a damn pandemic when all of college football, all college sports, hell, even the NFL shut down, yet uh, <laughs> this guy managed to land himself a interview and a job. How did he even do that when you can't travel? I don't know. Maybe he did it over know. Skype, but... Whatever it is, if you missed the big news, what we're talking about, Craig Fitzgerald, of course, left Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I mean, coronavirus is like, like that is the hotbed right now. It took over everything, you know, and New York City is number one mm-hmm. again. And, you know, he's like, you know what? I'd like to coach there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to leave East Tennessee where we only have two confirmed cases in the county of Knoxville. And he's like, you know what? I want to jump right there in New York City, take a big bite of that apple. You know, I just – it just it, – it drives me nuts. But, I mean, that's that's the game we're in. Um, you know, maybe it's karma, you know, because I, I did give Alabama a hard time when Scott left. And, <laughs> uh, man, here we are, you know, doing Tennessee things, you know. <laughs> yeah, so how does Tennessee save face now that Jeremy Pruitt's already come out and, you know, called out Alabama, credited Craig Fitzgerald here for everything he's – done for the program now he's gone and now i mean how in the hell do you even interview anyone again like i don't even understand how this fitzgerald did it i don't even no. think you can host people to come in i think uh you know i don't know a ton about the assistant strength staff at tennessee but it almost feels like you gotta promote from within because at least you know those guys so what what is your thoughts right. on that yeah, I, I'm all for that. You know, I'm seeing a lot of pictures of the uh, Johnny Mustache up there in Oregon saying hire this guy. You know, just because he's got a cool mustache doesn't mean he's going to be a, a good replacement. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, don't get me wrong, killer mustache. But uh, I, I want somebody that comes in here that that knows what Craig's been doing, and and I think we've got you know, you know, Craig had three or four guys on the staff that were helping out. So, you know. Maybe it's a team effort. Maybe they can keep this thing going, you know. Um, I, I'd hate to change this far in the the style of lift. I mean, because there's different ways of working out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some of these guys, their bodies are getting – they got used to the way Craig did things. So I, I kind of like the idea of just keeping it from within – 
see what happens. Who knows? You may find a diamond rough right there. I, I'm not willing. I don't want to try something different, you know, right. bring in one of these Russian guys or something, you know, do these different types of lifts. And then all of a sudden here we are at the fall and, and we got, we got players getting hurt. So um, that's what I hope to see. Now, let me ask you this, because this just, just came to mind while you were talking there, Shane. I've not heard this brought up with uh, following the Craig Fitzgerald move, but, you know, it's been no secret that Jeremy Pruitt's a demanding coach. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of turnover on the staff this offseason. You know, a couple guys going to the NFL now, of course, Fitzgerald going to the NFL. but So maybe those moves you could kind of see, but is it, I don't know if troublesome is the right word, but do you think at all this is because Pruitt is such a demanding and difficult coach to work for? Or is is that an issue in your mind as a Tennessee fan? Or do you say, well, hell, that's what I want my coach to be, and if these if these guys can't hack it, then, then they need to go? I mean, obviously you demand excellence, and that's what you kind of hope is going on here. But, you know, like I said, you know, this isn't the first time that Craig's – been approached like a, you know something i was talking about earlier you know is maryland mm-hmm. then uh you know he he at least entertained the alabama job and you know then now he's going up to the the pro level which you know he has pro background i mean he's been everywhere right if you look at his resume he he doesn't like it seems like he doesn't like to stay in one place at one time or too long you know right so maybe he's just a rambling man and he wants to get out there and, and try something different doesn't want to settle but um it's just it's just I don't know. It's a terrible blow. It's late in the year. I mean, especially with everything going on, this is, you're really going to need your strength and conditioning coach. I mean, these kids are at home right now. You got to have somebody making sure that they're still getting their work in. And if they're not, I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I strength and conditioning coach, something we talked about in past episodes. I mean, they are in my mind, the number two coach on your team. Mm-hmm. You got your head coach, you got these guys, these guys are the ones that that spend most of the time with them. You know, they're the ones that that know their limits and uh, know what they what they need work on and things like that. And just I don't know. It's just there's they're the the head coach in the off season and and it's just it's just a huge blow here at late March and and now Tennessee doesn't have one. Well, here's a good way to look at it, Shane. It kind of feels like you've been kicked in the nuts, right, with Fitzgerald going, yeah. but yeah. At, at least he didn't stab you in the damn heart. And go to Alabama. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you will recover. The other one you may not have. I mean, the, the memes would have been fantastic, but uh, that would have been a lot tougher blow, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I did I did manage to get a sad video out, you know, Johnny Cash hurt. And, you know, I think that, that you know, I just sit in here quarantined just thinking about all the, the bad decisions I've made in my life. But you know what, Mike, I'm ready to move on. You know, I, I've done I've done flushed it. Craig was great. But uh, we can't we can't reminisce. We got to move forward, and and like I said, I think we've got some talent on this staff already, and hopefully we don't miss a beat. Well, last thing on Tennessee, Shane, I just you know this clip now is gold because this happened. But Philip Fulmer recently held a press conference there in Knoxville. He was asked about how the kids are you know keeping up with their strength and conditioning. They're away from campus. Uh, Coach Fulmer, he had an idea that uh, Herschel Walker would approve of. They should be working out. Our athletes should be working out somewhere, just not gathered in a gym, you know, or a facility all together. You know, I, somebody was making kind of light of, you know, what Herschel Walker did, you know, as a as an athlete, you know, he did push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups and those kinds of things. And, you know, you go out and, like we've all done, you run somewhere. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole group of people running together. Just do some push-ups and sit-ups there, Shane. That's all they need. Uh, yeah, I hope Heavy's not in control this thing. <laughs> He's talking about running around. Heavy ain't ran in a long time, neither have I, but... <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. That's not the answer, man. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe this is a good thing. Cause like I said, maybe Craig was just, you know, he was spent more time thinking about what he's going to do with his life than what he's going to do for these kids. So I, I'm not saying that he's a bad coach or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but you know, obviously his mind was somewhere else. So um, let's, let's, let's just have a, a clean, clean break here and let's move forward. All right, Shane. Well, speaking of moving forward, let's kick it down to Baton Rouge where Coach O once again enlisted by you know the powers that be there in Louisiana for another PSA and this one's even better Shane I mean it sounds like a damn football pep talk he's given to the state of Louisiana and 
based on a lot of the photos I've seen from New Orleans, it sounds like these people are really listening. And once again, why in the hell wouldn't you? SEC Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year, 15-0 LSU Tigers. Here's what Coach O's got to say. I'm here on behalf of the state of Louisiana. The guy that was born in Louisiana, loves Louisiana, and the head coach of the national championship, LSU Tigers. And I want to encourage everyone to follow the game plan. I just sat in a meeting with the governor. It was the most organized, most intense meeting, most well-informed meeting that I've ever been in. I can promise you this. The state of Louisiana is fortunate to have Governor Edwards being our leader. And I, I tell you this, the state of Louisiana has people all over the state working as hard as they possibly can for us to get through this. Look, we all know we from Louisiana, we tough, we're resilient. But I, I encourage you to follow the game plan. Just like I asked the Tigers, man. We put 11 men on the field and we fight like Tigers. It's about execution. It's about one team, one heartbeat. Everybody pulling together like this, like this, nobody gets in between us. This is not the time to be selfish. I urge young people to stay home. Do the things that you need to do. You don't need to be out on the streets doing all kinds of stuff. This is not the time to do that stuff. I do believe that we have a winning plan. I do believe in the state of Louisiana. Hey, it's going to get tough the next two weeks. Come on. We tough. Bring it on. Let's just follow the plan, do the thing that we're supposed to do, and I guarantee you we will win. Oh, my gosh, Shane. I know we're in quarantine, <laughs> but I'm ready to run through a brick wall if that was permitted by Coach O, but it's clearly not here. But uh, once this damn thing's lifted on us, I mean, my God, you just listen to this. How could you not want to play for Coach O? What about Coach O, man? I mean, he's everywhere, ain't he? <laughs> he's talking about, you know, settling down, make sure you don't go anywhere. And every time I look up, he's on some different news show, you know, <laughs> telling us not – telling us to wash your hands. And then the other coach, head coach in Louisiana, gets the coronavirus, you know? Coach Payton, you see that with the Saints? <laughs> he Jeez, he didn't Lewis. listen to Coach O, but he was apparently oh. – he was at the racetrack this weekend. So you got to practice your social distancing. Uh, for anyone that missed that, Sean Payton, Saints coach, apparently does have the coronavirus, but he's going to be all right, thank God. So, you know, hopefully everybody that gets it does. But that's just a cautionary tale. you got to take this thing seriously. Listen to Coach O. Because you don't want to be the one that uh, don't get better from this. You know what? Absolutely. And I'm telling you, man, these damn kids down here on the beach and stuff, they're driving me nuts, Mark. Because if we don't do it, if we don't just like chill for a minute mm -hmm. and, and, and bring us down. I don't know. I'm not a science guy. I'm the last thing, you know. But I do know that more people run around in bigger groups, there's better chance that this thing's going to spread. You know, I've seen enough scary movies to know how this thing works. But I'm just saying if we don't listen, we're not going to have football. You know, it's, it's like there should be that should be the united message that we have across the SEC. If you, you know, if you're thinking about getting out and, you know, cutting up because it's spring break, well, think, I mean, you may not be able to watch any ball games when you come back to your university. So uh, I, that's what I'm worried about. So, yeah, last yeah, time I checked, Shane, the, the beach will be there in the summer, it'll be there next spring yeah. break. Uh, we got to get our damn football back. That's all I know. Absolutely, man. I think it's our year, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, Shane, uh, Greg Sankey, of course, the SEC commissioner, held, a, held a, like an emergency teleconference here on Wednesday. I was on the call tweeting out, uh, you know, his breaking news there. Not a ton of breaking news because there's just not a lot of answers, but, uh, you know, Greg Sankey hit on a lot of subjects and, I captured the best here for the podcast, and like I said, you know there was a lot of unanswered questions being asked, and Sankey, he noted during his uh, SEC tournament press conference that saying, you know, I don't know is an appropriate answer at this time, because you don't, you certainly don't want to give misinformation, but uh, let's kick it over to Greg Sankey, Shane, who I thought this was interesting, you know, I thought uh, with the spring games being officially canceled by the SEC, I assume that meant spring practice Greg Sankey's not ready to close the door on that so I thought that was interesting and he also noted that uh, if you know spring practice is canceled would they look at perhaps some kind of summer camp he discussed that briefly and then uh, the highlight here for SEC football fans Greg Sankey was asked will there be a 2020 football season in 
you know, it's in its entirety here. And uh, Sankey, I think, gave a optimistic outlook, in my opinion. To be clear, uh, spring games canceled. Does that mean no spring football practice? It, it does not uh, apply to spring practices at this time. And I think that's the important qualifying phrase. We have said no athletic activities through April 15th. That doesn't mean we'll be back to normal or to, to practice activities April 16th. It was just a date certain that allows our administrators to communicate with our coaches, our coaches with their student athletes, and has resulted in, in the departures from campus. If you look at uh, the national public messaging about no gatherings above 50, certainly difficult to conduct any football practice under that limitation, and even with smaller numbers have been communicated 10 is often referenced, uh, thereby making it impossible into May, as I've been stated. So I'm not going to be overly optimistic about the return to practice. We haven't fully foreclosed that opportunity, but I think practically that window is pretty narrow. Hi, Greg. I re reiterate our thanks for having this conference. Uh, regarding football, uh, what's the practicality of moving the NCAA calendar to get in practice after May and possibly into June? I, I, let's not, what I'd say is let's not just define some structure. Uh, I, I'm confident, in fact, if, if we're not able to practice further this spring, I'm confident that we'll be seeking opportunities to make sure our teams are adequate, adequately prepared heading into the season. Uh, elements of that are going to be guided by the public health realities in front of us. Um, by way of background, our athletics directors now have a daily conference call. Uh, we took Sunday off this past weekend, but we've spoken for an hour or more every day identifying issues. Uh, I expect we'll have a smaller group from our campuses examine issues around out-of-season practice in football, in soccer, and in volleyball uh, to think about as, as we turn the page, head to the next chapter of, of 2021, given what's occurred, the disruption that's occurred, how do we best uh, allow our teams and support our teams in preparation? So that's... Have you, this is probably, if it's anywhere on your list, way down, but have you or do you anticipate looking at some sort of alternative plans for the football season, or is that a bridge that's just too far away to consider? Our focus is on preparing for the 2021 academic year, the fall seasons, as currently scheduled. So there's a period on the end of that sentence. We'll obviously uh, think about everything going forward because we're being guided by public health information and decision making. But my hope is we can return to uh, our, our normal organized activities, uh, our, our normal experiences and be part of that celebration uh, around soccer, volleyball, cross country, football in the fall. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. All right, Chad, I got to hand it to uh, Greg Sankey during this whole affair. I think he's learning on the job or, well, hell, he's been on the job long enough, so I think it's showing. But, you know, I've been critical of this guy at times, particularly I thought the worst case under his leadership was the whole Remember the whole Florida LSU hurricane thing? And it was just, mm. I mean, it got mm. ugly and those two damn fan bases were going at each other. And it, not even the fan bases, but the, the, the administration, the leadership, the coaches. I mean, it was, it was just a daily thing that got too ugly, in my opinion. I thought he did a poor job handling that. But I'm going to give him credit for the, all this coronavirus stuff. I, thought, I think he's done an outstanding job uh, just kind of relaying the message and being as transparent as possible here. And... I certainly appreciate the fact that he's not closing the book on spring, not closing the book on potentially a summer camp. And then, of course, you know, SEC's gearing towards playing the 2020 season. And if you're a fan, that's all you can hope for at this point. Dude, I'm kind of pulling for this summer camp thing because, I mean, think about it. This could be a little interesting. Uh, you know, the advantage to spring ball for a lot of these guys are for those early enrollees. You know, now you got everybody. I would imagine if you're going to have a summer camp, you know, mm -hmm. so you wouldn't be holding anybody back. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I had not thought of that because obviously, you know, the guys that don't enroll early do arrive in the summer. So it'll be very interesting mm -hmm. to see how that works out. But 
man, think of the ramifications if your entire signing class that gets on campus gets to go through essentially two camps before the season. Yeah. I mean, we could be all the I man, we may have erased a damn podcast talking about <laughs> how, how this is going to hurt all, all of them. And maybe it's going to help them. But exactly. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's that's a interesting insight there from you, Shane. That's mm, what I'm here for, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shane. So the only other topic, you know, obviously a slow time. So trying to create our own content here. But for anybody that missed it, I released some over under wind totals. And these are my guesses of where the lines for how many games your team is going to win. I've done all 14, Shane, so we're going to go over every team. Give me what you think about the line, and then we'll just kind of predict over under. How's that sound? Let's do it, buddy. <laughs> all right, Shane, starting in the SEC East. Let's start at the bottom here. Let's go Vanderbilt. I'm predicting that the Commodores over under win total for the 2020 season will be three games. Thoughts on that line and over under on uh, the Commodores? Dude, by any chance, is, I mean, can you list off the ones? Like, not, not, obviously, we know they're playing everybody mm-hmm. in the East, but is there any way you can list like the, the non conference games? Absolutely. So they open the season at home against Mercer and then at Missouri. Is the second game, the third game of the season at Kansas State, fourth game of the season, Colorado State at home, and then uh, they also get this year Texas A&M, but that's a road game. It's in College Station, and then, of course, you got the final home game of the season, late in the season, Louisiana Tech at home. I could very easily, you know, Mercer, you got to give that to the Commodores. I think Louisiana Tech, you lean towards the Commodores. Colorado State, new head coach. You know, obviously Mike Bobo got fired. I think you lean the Commodores there. So you're Mm -hmm. basically just saying, you know, Vanderbilt got an SEC win last year, beat Missouri, but can they get another one? I don't know. That's kind of why I've got that over under at three. Yeah. I'm going to have to stick with you there just because – I think this is the last year for Mason. I've been saying that a while, but I don't know, man. I I don't see the progression. I don't see a bowl game right now. Hell, we don't even know who's the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with three myself. Maybe less, man. I, I really do think it's a, a big down year for for Vanderbilt. Yeah, and this is you know one we didn't hit on a ton during our you know spring cancellation podcast. Go back and listen to that if you missed it, but. You know, they're, they've got two new coordinators, so now you're wiping out the installation of both sides of the ball. Of course, it's going to be Derek Mason's defense, but I don't know. That's just yeah. that's gonna, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. All right, Missouri, next up, Shane. I've got the Tigers at five, over under, five total wins. Let's go break down the non-conference here. They open the season against Central Arkansas. Uh, then they get two SEC games right there, Vanderbilt at home at South Carolina. But then the following week, return home for Eastern Michigan. And then they get, uh, let's see here, else in the non-conference, they go to BYU. So that could be a tough one. And then towards late in the season, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns. I I think that non-conference schedule is pretty damn easy for most SEC programs. I'm kind of giving them, you know, basically either all those or three. You got to think, you got to feel comfortable with at least three. And then, like I said, they get Vanderbilt week two. That's kind of a toss-up for me. They get the tail end of the season. They get Arkansas. And this is going to be at a neutral site. Once again, it's going to be at Arrowhead Stadium. So, I mean, they have to sweep the non-conference, potentially beat Vanderbilt and Arkansas to get over over the five-win mark. So what's your thoughts on Missouri at the over-under at five? Oh, man, you got a little blowback on this one, Mike. You know, I, I saw somebody said – you should have been closer to 10 on the zoo, you know? So there's there a lot of people still drinking that, uh, that, that coach D water up there, you know? So I don't know. I, I don't think the Vanderbilt game is going to be that close. I mean, do you honestly think Missouri just absolutely struggles against all sec teams except for Vanderbilt? Well, last time I checked Shane Vanderbilt beat them, you know, last season. So <laughs> I, that's a toss. I don't know. That to me is a toss up because Vanderbilt, 
I don't know. Okay. We, second, maybe if it was later in the season, I'd easily give that to Missouri. But we don't yeah. even know who the quarterback's going to be for the Tigers. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, how this team's going to handle Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, it's everyone loves their coach when they're damn undefeated. You know what I mean? So right, you drop that right. first one, maybe we got a different opinion of them. So yeah, I do favor Missouri. That's why. I, that's obviously why I got Vanderbilt at three and Missouri at five here. But I don't know. I mean, things will change in a damn hurry if they drop that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I think I. I don't know. I think I'm going to go over on that one. Uh, not by much, you know. But I, I do see maybe a six six games a season. You know, I, I see them making a mm-hmm. bowl. You know, getting that momentum. They had pretty good defense returning this year, and you know they they do got some pieces on offense. So I'm not willing to just shut them out completely. Plus, there's that just I don't know that flair of unknown too with a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. So. Um, I, I think I'm. I think I'm going to lean over, but just mm-hmm. barely. All right. I think I would go. Man, at this point, I think I'm going to go, and they're going to hate this. I'm going to go four wins for Missouri based on based on this schedule. Jeez. Why you hate Missouri, Mike? <laughs> I don't hate them at all. I just once again, I losing spring. That's going to cripple a lot of these what, first what year coaches. Have, I think. What would change your mind? Like if you did see, let's just say hypothetically, we do have some sort of mm-hmm. spring slash uh summer i mean do, is there something that you could see during that practice that you, you you may i don't know maybe they got a little something here i mean is there anything that you can see prior to just playing a game well i thought you know obviously missouri had a solid defense last year till kale garrett got lost for the season it kind of went downhill but i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that missouri's offense just was very unproductive so you know a lot of people very 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 high on coach Eli Drinkwitz. So, you know, if he's this prodigy that everyone's making him out to be, hell, he went, his team went 13 and one. He, he wasn't there for the final game. So he's, his record's 12 and one. I mean, maybe he is mm-hmm. this next, remember when Gus Malzahn entered the league, I mean, he tore it up. So, I mean, if he's of that caliber, then yeah, I'm going to be made to look like a damn fool as long as uh, their quarterback <laughs> gets, gets going. You know what I mean? Cause I, cause I think the defense will be I solid. Yeah. All right, South Carolina, I got them next here, Shane. Five and a half is where I got the, the Gamecocks. Of course, they play Clemson every year. This year it's at Clemson, so that's going to be incredibly tough. But they come out the gate, Shane. They love playing these damn Carolina teams. Coastal Carolina, <laughs> Eastern Carolina. you got to like their odds in both of those. Missouri at home, the third game. And then it uh, you know really starts to ramp up at Kentucky at Florida, Tennessee, that's going to be a hellacious slate. Uh, then towards the back end of the schedule, we know they, they get LSU this year as their West opponent, but it's in Tiger Stadium. And then the final non-conference game, Wolford. So it's going to be an uphill climb for the Gamecocks, but this is one, as we kind of previewed on our South Carolina one, where they basically have to have – you know, a bowl game locked up, in my opinion, before they hit this November slate because they go Georgia <laughs> at LSU, Wolford, then at Clemson. I mean, my God, they're going to potentially face three playoff contenders there in the month of November. So they got to have things locked up before. Well, I mean, maybe Wolford, they could get them there, there. But, hell, they may even lose to Wolford if uh, Georgia and LSU beats the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, let's, let's, don't, get, let's don't get the natives too fired up. I, I think that'd be Wolford, but I, I'm with you. I, I, I think that this this schedule, man, it is so backloaded. It's just like it ramps up real quick after that Missouri game. And at this moment, I think they got that one. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. Five and a half, that sounds reasonable. You know, five and a half, six, I could see that. Uh, but they're, they're really going to have to put some work in if they expect to do better than that right so they're gonna have to beat kentucky on the road florida on the road Mm -hmm. tennessee at home or texas a&m at home of those four they're gonna have to win one to make it to a bowl game and beat all the ones they're favored in so i'm gonna i'm gonna make a bold prediction here shane south carolina gets to a bowl game over six that's where i'm putting my money oh what if they they lose the walker though (laughs) Hey, I've seen them lose to Citadel, so I'm not, I'm not marking anything. You know what I mean? Like when you quit on you, when your coach gets yeah. fired, when the team yeah. quits on you, that's what I'm talking about. That's when I could see the Woford loss coming. But uh, yeah, if they lose to Woford, Shane, they're not getting to that six. Bowl game? Does Muschamp get fired? 
if they make a bowl game? If, if they make a bowl game, I think he's back. If they don't, he's gone. Okay. okay. Now, how about this one, Shane? Kentucky, seven and a half. And this is probably if I hope I hope this line debuts even lower. I could see it being at seven, potentially six and a half, and it's got nothing to do with Kentucky's mm-hmm. football team. It's got more to do with the perception of Kentucky's football team. You better believe I'm betting this one up when it debuts. They open the season against Eastern Michigan. Gets tough immediately thereafter, though, at Florida. Then they come back home for Kent State. Come back home for South Carolina at Auburn. Eastern Illinois, uh, then towards the back end of their schedule, of course, the final non-conference game at Louisville. And, uh, you know, I think this Kentucky team, there's an outstanding chance that they finish the season with eight wins is probably what I'm going with. So I would go over that seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go over myself. And it's just like, you know, the the whole perception, thing, it's like, when when are we going to stop thinking about that? You know, when you're thinking about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many bowl games are they going to have to have before you say, you know what, these guys are legit. You know, they got a good coach. They got a good thing going up here. They're a tough team to beat. You know, uh, they beat, I mean, honestly, team, and we, we can't we can't go into the season thinking that they're just a lay down anymore, you know? It's not a laydown game for Florida, obviously, in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a laydown game with uh, Tennessee, even though, you know, we've, we had their number last two seasons. It's just – it's still really good ball games. It's just – I don't know. Kentucky – I, I just hate that they have that stigma because – but I do like it for gambling. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Because, like you said, a lot of times they go under – I like the over. So, I'm with you on this one. I see closer to eight this year. All right. How about this wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they stole a few more. Either. Yeah, and I think, you know, hitting on your point, when are they going to shed that? Having another 10-win season, two out of the three years, is going to go a hell of a long way to getting it done. But a lot of these, you know, betting lines are based on what the public is going to do. And, and you know, I don't know if Kentucky fans realize this or not, but I don't think many SEC fans or, excuse me, non-SEC fans really pay attention to their program outside of the 10 win seasons if that makes sense you know what i mean so i and i right. i can prove that by saying i still don't understand how uh lynn bowden wasn't a heisman finalist i mean i mean he put the damn team on his yeah. back i'm not saying he should have been the runaway winner we all know what joe burrow did but at least give that kid a trip i mean he he's a damn receiver and he and he played quarterback to it to putting them on his back you know what i mean exactly all right tennessee next on the list shane Eight and a half is where I got the Vols. And, you know, they've got a relatively easy non-conference schedule here outside of, the obviously, the Oklahoma game. But we got Charlotte at home to start the season, at Oklahoma, Furman. Those are the three non-conferences. And then uh, at the tail end of the season, they get Troy. And the best part for Tennessee's schedule, the SEC West opponent this year is at Arkansas, which I know they're obviously got a new regime, but you got to figure Tennessee is going to be favored in that one. So what you're really asking Tennessee to do, if you're going to get over that eight and a half, they got to take care of business in every game they're favored in. And that counts. That's going to count games like at South Carolina, Kentucky at home. You got to win those. Uh, But what it's really going to come down to is can they beat Oklahoma on the road, Florida at home, Alabama at home, or on the road at Georgia, you got to win one of those. So what say you, Shane, Tennessee, over under eight and a half wins? Oh, I'm going over, man. I'm got 12 and 0, baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think this is the year. I think they beat Oklahoma. I don't I don't think that's a question. Uh, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm buying in already. But, you know, Florida, they, it's just, I don't, I don't know, like – you talk about Kentucky and a stigma. They Florida is just I don't know. It's just something about it. <laughs> you look at last year. We had a great mm-hmm. team. You know, we just didn't get going when we needed to. But Florida had our number on both sides of the ball. So, and, and I see Florida getting stronger. It's not like like they they lost a lot of talent this year. In fact, I think their quarterback play got a lot better. So, um, I don't know. So the Florida, Alabama, Georgia, it's tough, man. It's tough for me to to put a win on any of those because of what I have seen the last few seasons. So, I I think that 
we're looking at a nine-win season uh, because I obviously think that we steal the Oklahoma game. And, uh, and, and again, you, you look at teams like Kentucky and South Carolina, mm-hmm. would it blow my mind if, if we lost one of those? Absolutely not. But you got to have confidence when it's March, baby, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I gotta be honest with you, Shane. I'm gonna piss you off here. I think I'm gonna lean under. I think I'm gonna go Tennessee mm. eight win season next year. But you know, I just kind of like you just said there. I think counting South Carolina, counting Kentucky as automatic wins, or that's tough. And then beating one of these other teams, not sure it's gonna happen. Hell, they may beat you know, Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, but find a way to lose to a Kentucky or a South Carolina. So that's kind of why I'm I'm yeah. at eight. I, I just think it's more – I just think the SEC is going to be so competitive next year. Yeah, I get you. All right, you. next on the list – But you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, but I get, I get what you're saying. Next on the list, Shane, Georgia Bulldogs. I've got their over-under set at 11, which means they basically got to win out to – Get that overmark, obviously. Their non-conference, Virginia, that game's played in Atlanta on the opener, ETSU, ULM, and then uh, last but not least, of course, Georgia Tech. I don't know how the Bulldogs uh, – well, they've beefed up their non-conference in the years to come, but my God, they, they've played nothing but uh, some weak-ass teams here lately. And, of course, the SEC West game, we've talked at it many, many times, at Alabama, Auburn at home. So thoughts on that one, Shane? Georgia over or under eleven? Can the Bulldogs? You betting on them to win out? You've you've said many mm-hmm. many times, best defense in the nation. Are they going to carry the Bulldogs to an undefeated season? Oh, Mike, yeah, I know. I say a lot of things on this show, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you start talking about money, you know, if it were at ten and a half, yes, definitely. But it worries me. Uh, playing Alabama, playing Florida, you know, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm just, I'm not going to bet on this one, but if I was forced to, I'm probably going to go under because I, I think that they dropped one along the way. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's, well, I mean, you got to think too, they got Auburn. I mean, there's, there's a lot of sneaky teams that they, they got to play this year that could just sneak up and, and, and get a uh, victory over them. Wouldn't surprise me even if they lost lost a game that they make it to an SEC championship. Just kind of feels like that type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, at like I said, March not being able to see Newman, not being able to see this style of offense. I know what they have on defense, but just because so many question marks, I'm going to have to lean under right now. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. And I know I keep you know every damn radio show I go on too. I I try to shock them a little bit and say I'm picking Georgia to beat Alabama on the road. But, mm-hmm. hell, you're asking, will I put money on it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not ready to, to bury Nick Saban uh, with my money, but I do think Georgia wins that one. But if you're asking me, you know, to beat Georgia, or excuse me, beat Alabama on the road and beat Florida on a neutral site, you have to do both. I think they'll certainly do one of them. But to do both, I'm going to bet against it. So that leaves the only remaining team in the East, Shane, Florida. I've also got them at 11. They've got a really easy schedule by SEC standards, in my opinion. They open the season Eastern Washington. Uh, They get Kentucky at home the following week. South Alabama the next week. Two cupcakes there. Uh, Down the list. They finished the game with two non-conference, two cupcakes, New Mexico State at Florida State, Florida State cupcakes there. And then, of course, in the West, they always get LSU. That's at home. But this year they get at Ole Miss, which rebuild job under, you know, with Lane Kiffin there. I don't know. I'm thinking over under 11. I think I'm going over with the Gators. Hmm. Kind of the same thing with me, man. I just, I, I mean, you're talking about an LSU team that we, I don't, that we really don't know. I mean, I, I think honestly, I don't think they miss a step. But you also got Georgia factored in there. I just, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they lost a game. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on this one either. Um, I just don't see a clear cut favorite in the East anymore. And uh, that's the main reason why I'm afraid to put money on it. All right, how about Arkansas? 
Jumping over to the SEC West, I've got them at three and a half. I would have loved to have them a little bit higher, but again, I really think losing spring is going to kill them of all the teams. They open the season at home with Nevada. Week two of the season at Notre Dame. That's going to be tough. We already covered. They're a 16-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, a couple <laughs> weeks later, they get Charleston Southern at home. And then uh, final non-conference game towards the end of this, the second-to-last game of the year, ULM. Hell, ULM is basically in the SEC. They're playing all these teams. So I think, <laughs> obviously, Arkansas, you got to favor them in three of the four non-conference. So what you're really betting on here, can they win their first SEC game in three seasons – and they're at Mississippi State. You know, that that could be a toss-up, but it's on the road. Texas A&M, hell, they can never beat them. Alabama's at home. Good luck. LSU's at home. Tennessee's at home. <laughs> Auburn's on the road. <laughs> your, your best bet here towards the tail end of the season, and they may be so beat up at this time. That's kind of why I'm kind of leaning towards the under here. Ole Miss at home, and then final game of the season at Missouri. So they got to steal one of those, in my opinion, to go over. And I'm and I'm going to lean over, um, and the, and the reason I'm going to lean over is, I think if uh, Coach Pittman's got to pad up and get out there himself, he's going to get four <laughs> victories next year, and I think it's going to come down to the end. You know, when you're talking about a couple of these teams limping in, you know, like a Missouri, like an mm-hmm. Ole Miss, you know, that's just got. I mean, they they've been through a ringer, you know, and I think at this point. If Arkansas is going to steal a victory, it will be against one of those two teams. So I'm going to say over barely. All right, next team on the list, Shane. Ole Miss got them at five and a half. So Bowl mm-hmm. is right, right there. It's right within reach here. And they've got a fairly easy non-conference schedule. We've, we've hit on the opener here. Baylor, that's in Houston. Then they come home for Southeast Missouri. Never even heard of that school. Uh, they get UConn towards the middle of the season, and then they wrap up next to last game, Georgia Southern. Those are the four non-conference. You know, I'm not 100% confident, but I would pick them in all four of those, including Baylor. That's that's the one I'm not 100% confident in, but if they can steal that one, that means they got to get two SEC games, obviously. Here's their SEC schedule. Right. Auburn at home, that's going to be tough, at LSU. Alabama at home, at Vanderbilt. That's that's a winnable one, but of course they get yeah. Florida. <laughs> that's going to be tough. <laughs> at Texas A&M, at Arkansas, and Mississippi State. I've I've already kind of mm. shown my hand. I think they'll beat Arkansas. So can they beat the Pirate? That's probably their next. But well, and Vanderbilt here. So Vanderbilt, Arkansas. I'm going over for Ole Miss six wins. What do you what say you? Yeah, you know, here I am contradicting myself, you know. I want to say Arkansas is going to steal the over, but if you remember, my bold take was the Mississippi team is making a bowl game. So, I'm sorry, Razorbacks, you just lost that game. (laughs) I'm going to go under on the Razorback, over on Ole Miss. I still think that they make a bowl game. Um, Yeah, so they get the four non-conference. I think they beat Vandy. Well, no, they could do it. They could beat Vandy and beat uh, – who's the other one? Um, Missouri? Who's the other team that they play in the in the East? Uh, Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss plays Florida and Vanderbilt this year. Yeah. So that, that's know. a tough okay, one. Okay, no, know? they got to beat Arkansas. Yeah, they got to beat Arkansas. So I think it comes down to that one. I still I'm, – I'm, I don't know. I, I think coaching right now, I got to lean more Kiffin with some of the weapons he's got coming back. So, uh, yeah, give me the six wins on this one. All right. How about Mississippi State, Shane? I've got them over under six and a half non conference games, New Mexico to start the season at NC State week two. Then they get Arkansas week three, come back home for homecoming to Lane. That's a hell of a intro to the season there. I mean, Mississippi State, outstanding chance to go 4-0 and to start the season. Got to get yeah. that one at NC State, obviously, to get there. Uh, last non-conference game, next to last game of the year, Alabama A&M. So there's your fifth if you can win that one. So now you mm-hmm. just got to win two more. 
And I know we're very high on Texas A&M, but that's the fifth team they play. Hell, if they go into that one 4-0, they're going to have a ton of momentum. That's at home. Then they go at Alabama, at LSU, Auburn at home. That's going to be <laughs> a hell of a run right there. Uh, they get Missouri at home this year, so that they should be favored in that one, I would think. At Kentucky, at Ole Miss, over under Mississippi State, six and a half. What say you? Oh, man. I'm right there at it, Mike. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to have to go. Jeez. I think I'm going to go over. And, um, yeah, I think the more – I th- man, that's a tough one, Mike. I, I definitely am not putting any money on that one because I just – I'm kind of torn either way. But I think – uh, toward the end of the season, I think this thing comes down to an egg ball to get their seventh seventh game of the of the season, and I think they do it. I think Mississippi State gets that uh, that trophy back. Yeah, I think. Wait, wait. I mean, I think I get to keep it. Sorry. Well, <laughs> you had it. You had it Ole right Miss the had... first time, Shane, because I think oh. I'm picking Ole Miss to win, Mississippi State to go under, but Mississippi State still goes to a bowl game. That's how I've got it right now. Mm, man, I, I love it. I love talking football. I wish this game – man, I'm just looking forward. There's so many good games next year. And you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Could you imagine Lane Kiffin got the Pirate on one side playing for one of the greatest rivalry games ever? I mean, that thing's going to be amped. And, and I hope it gets to the point – it may even get down to the point that the winner gets to go to a bowl and the, and the loser doesn't. You know? Yeah, even so, more on the line. Uh, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. So, now I'm, I'm looking forward Albert, to it. next on the list here. I got them at nine wins over under. A little bit uh, easy non-conference game or non-conference schedule, I would say, here. Open the season, Alcorn State. Uh, For some reason, they got a neutral site week two. They're playing North Carolina in Atlanta. Uh, Their next non-conference game, Southern Miss at home. Final non-conference game, UMass at home. So you got to feel confident that the Tigers are going to win all four of those. Mm-hmm. Out at the East this year, of course, they always get Georgia. That one's all on the road. And then they get mm. Kentucky at home. That's going to be a tough one there. So over, under, Auburn, nine wins. What say you? Uh, under, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I, I think this is – I think we put uh, Gus back on the hot seat after this season just because a lot of people are confident. Don't get me wrong. We got our bow back. This is going to be the season. But – I think when you take the the hits that they did on the the defensive side of the ball, I think that really starts to show when they're not able to control the clock like they uh, like Gus wants to. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean under here. They got some really tough games. Um, You know, they can't sleep on Kentucky. We just talked about them. You cannot sleep on uh, uh, obviously Georgia. Um, so there's just there's just a lot of tough games, and then the whole West itself. Um, you know, it's the the separation game. Even though you beat Alabama, that's great, but you did it with uh, against a you know backup quarterback at the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A team that lost a lot of momentum going into that game. Uh, not, not I'm not I'm not playing. You know, I'm not trying to play that game. But you know, the facts are the facts. The Alabama, you know, I don't know. They just they didn't. Burn- Bring it. They weren't a hundred percent during that thing. So I think I would go I think I would go under two with Auburn and I'll tell you the main yeah. thing for me, I think I've already kind of hit on this a little bit. North Carolina I think is gonna be pretty solid in that Kentucky game. I think a lot of gambling people are just gonna chalk that up as a W for Auburn. I'm not I know it's at home, but that's more of a toss up to me. So you're talking multiple toss ups just to get to nine. I think it's likely Auburn loses one of them. Now, it, what do they have to do? What do they have to prove to you? Like we're talking three, four games in, that we were wrong. That this is the year that Auburn does have a legitimate shot to win the West. What What do you have to see? Is it Bo? Is it the defense? Is it the play calling? Now that we've got a new coordinator and Coach Morris, I think the two biggest things, both on the line of scrimmage, that offensive line losing four or five starters, that unit has got to show me something immediately because, like I, I keep harping on it, in this North Carolina, I think they're going to be solid. I don't think you're going to beat them week two if you don't have a solid offensive line. And then week three at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss program, building some momentum. If they can beat Baylor week one and turn around and beat Auburn at home, 
I mean, Ole Miss-Auburn mm-hmm. used to be one of the better rivalries in the SEC West. Um, I, th- I think that's yeah. going to be the one circled by Lane Kiffin and company. If we can get this one, we can get this damn thing going quickly. So they got to get that offensive line in order at Auburn. Otherwise, I think it's going to be a long day, long season for them. I got you. All right, LSU, I've also – this is going to shock a lot of people, I bet, nine. I've got over under LSU Tigers at nine. Here's their non-conference, UTSA at home, Texas at home. I can't believe this as I'm looking at it. Rice on a neutral field. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell scheduled that? I don't know. (laughs) And then Nichols, Nichols State at home, obviously. So you got to figure LSU is going to win all those, even though that Texas game, they're going to be all hyped, and they'll probably be number one in the nation by then, Shane, the the Longhorns, but they're going to lose to LSU. So can you get – you know, five more wins here, or they'll have to go six, six more SEC wins. That's going to be tough. What what say you? Man, you know, Ross has got a special place in my heart, Mike. I don't know if you remember, but I, <laughs> oh, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> we, me and Mike used to have a, a huge dynasty on NCAA, <laughs> and it started out with Ross, and you had, did you have UTEP? No, who'd you have? Um, you had somebody else out I there. Think, I think it was SMU. SMU, <laughs> yeah, brought them back from sanctions, and I tell you what, they were a powerhouse. So, yes, yeah, so I always had a thing for Rice, and I can't believe that's at a neutral site. So, uh, um, sorry to, hey, real quick, while we're while we're down this rabbit hole, did you see this came from uh, John Rothstein? His sources are telling him that the NCAA may hold off on immediately addressing the topic of name, image, and life for student athletes due to circumstances caused by the coronavirus. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? Just delaying our NCAA action. What do you think? Can they not work from home? I mean, I just think it's a bullshit excuse that the, you know, they're thankful, you know, these greedy bastards will use any excuse they can just to just to push this stuff off. You know what? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's like, you know, I, I it, it should not be that big of a conversation, you know. Let's make it happen. Let's get these kids paid. I mean, I just – it blows my mind. And, and they're going to drag it out, and then we're going to have to wait another season before we get some action from EA Sports. So, I just thought I'd, I'd pass that along. So, <laughs> if you guys were excited about NCAA 21, don't, don't be, <laughs> all right, because you're not getting it. Now, there are some uh, – uh, I did see Madden had some uh, – uh, 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 there's there's a thing floating around. Did you see that the college mock thing that you you can download? Oh, right, and, right. And it changes the teams. Yeah. So I mean, you get some form of college football doing it that way. I think that's only though for computers, people that have Madden on computer, and not Xbox oh. or PlayStation. So it's kind of it's kind of lame. I don't even know if com- I don't out, even know like- if computers you can hook up a controller. <laughs> I don't even know how to use computers, Mike. You know? <laughs> All right, I guess I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this. NCAA 22, baby. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to jump down All right, that rabbit Last two hole. we got here: Texas A&M nine and a half over under. I know we're both high on the Aggies. Oh, real quick, LSU. I think is uh, so. You got them at nine, right? Correct. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay around there. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I think yeah, I yeah. think that's okay. a stay away from me. I think that's I think nine is about right for LSU next year. Texas A and M nine and a half, very, you know, easy, SEC standard non conference schedule. Abilene Christian at home, North Texas at home, Colorado at home, and then last non conference game here, Fresno State. Two weeks later, and they get uh, you know their fourth game of the year is in Arlington against Arkansas. Hell, Texas A&M ain't gonna leave the state until October third. So, <laughs> I know we're both high on the Aggies here. Nine and a half over under. You going over or under? Hmm, man, that's a tough number. It's a good number. Uh, I think it's right where it should be. Uh, you know, I was leaning toward nine. But uh, so I'm going to go under and I'm not saying that it wouldn't surprise me if they go over. It's just I think they're going to be in the mix with that LSU right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to 
And and even Auburn, even Auburn, I could see Auburn sneaking up in that group. I think I'm going to go over with the Aggies, Shane. I think there's an outstanding chance that they're ten and zero when they get to the final two games of the season at Alabama, LSU at home, and even if they trip up or somewhere, you know, at Auburn's going to be tough. At Mississippi State could be tough. I think if they if they enter that stretch with at nine wins, I think they steal one of these games. So I like the Aggies mm. to win double digit next year. Mm. All right, final team on my board here, Shane. Alabama, Crimson Tide. I, I think the over-under, just like Georgia and Florida, is going to be set at 11. So you're basically betting against Alabama to go undefeated. Their non-conference, USC, which is in – they're going to play them in Dallas in the Cowboys Stadium. Georgia State, Kent State, and UT Martin. My God, they should wipe the floor with those all four of those uh, dwarfs there. So – <laughs> betting over under Alabama 11. What do you think about that line? Oh, again, I think that I think that this is the year Alabama gets back in there. I think this is, you know, because we can't have saving retirement, you know, after a losing season. So I just think everything's playing out that way. I, but I do think the West is closer, and I and I have a feeling that Alabama will drop a game at some point during next season because they usually do. You know, I mean, it's it's very hard to go undefeated in the SEC. I mean, LSU's done it. Alabama has done it. I just I don't see it with this team right now that they're just going to be that much more dominant than the other teams in the, in the SEC. So I think they drop one. So I'm going to go under. Um, well, I, I guess not. Was the line 11? Is that what you said? 11, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just not betting because I think that's where they're going to hit right there. Well, Shane, I'm going under because, hell, I picked them to lose to Georgia. Picked them to lose to Tennessee. I'll probably pick them to lose to somebody else next week. So <laughs> I, I'm only being fair here. Uh, once again, kind of like the East, I think the West – is going to be ultra competitive next year, particularly at the top. You know, those four in the SEC West, or maybe three at the top of the SEC West, I think they could all beat each other. So I'm going to have to go under. And then, of course, Alabama, you know, the real key to this is they get that Georgia game. So that's a tough draw out of the East. I think uh, I'm definitely going under for Alabama. Okay. All right, Chase. So that's all. That's all I got for my over unders. That's all I got for SEC news. It's obviously <laughs> a slow time. You got anything else before we hop off here? Yeah, buddy. I got a review. Uh-oh. All right, Mike. Well, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us in their their little bubbles. You know, quarantined <laughs> up, talking about SEC football. <laughs> and uh, you know, this uh, the guys, girls that get on the. And, and do the ratings and reviews those really do help us out mm-hmm. uh we've got one uh, we had one ghost review and uh one written review this one comes from poke go training dusting off the balls five star thanks for the follow back on twitter shane hear me out we redshirt harrison bailey for this season but he plays in four games oklahoma florida alabama and georgia <laughs> <laughs> well poke go training I appreciate you, and absolutely, I if if you're a fan of the podcast and uh, you're on Twitter, um, you know, send me a message if I'm not following you. I mean, I love to follow all the fans. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, the ratings, review those 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 really do help us out, Mike. And uh, as far as the question here with Harrison Bailey, <laughs> I think if you're gonna redshirt him, redshirt him. It'd be nice. If that was the case, but if Harrison Bailey is winning Oklahoma, Florida, Alabama, and Georgia, then I don't want to redshirt him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. His ass needs to be playing every week. So and it's just uh, that's uh, just the way it goes now in college football. I mean, I know you know ten years ago, maybe even five years ago, you bring in these quarterbacks, you redshirt them, you bring them along mm-hmm. slowly, but that's just not the way it is anymore. I mean, look all over. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavaloa, Trevor Lawrence, Jake Fromm. If you're good enough, you see the field immediately. So, I mean, if Harrison Bailey lives up the hype, I know the, I know he was just joking there, but, I mean, if he's a better player and he's is playing against any of those teams, I think he's the starter by the season's yeah. end and uh, they're going to roll with him. And, hell, he may be one of these players that only plays three years, you know what I mean, before jumping to the NFL. So yeah. that's kind of the way it is. And 
Um, if you're an elite player, they don't save you on the bench anymore because you're transferring out if you do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and honestly, with a team like Tennessee, you saw it last year with Cheney and Pruitt, you know, mm-hmm. they're not willing to settle on any quarterback on that team. There, there was games we saw three quarterbacks. So if there's a if there's a chance, if they see something in practice that they think Bailey is going to be good enough to play, I guarantee they're going to find some sort of scheme, some sort of series to have him in there and prove that he belongs. So um, you got to like that. I mean, that's, that's something that you can sell for some of these future kids too. Like, hey, nothing's ever settled here, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, Shane. That's all we got on this one. Yeah, I really do appreciate you hopping on with me. I appreciate all you, you know, checking us out and staying with us during these uh, crazy times here, quarantine here in Nashville. So, you know, we're just going to keep bringing these out, give you guys something to listen to. I hope you guys appreciate it. And, uh, of course, some show music comes from uh, Nashville band Crimson Calamity. So give them a follow on the social medias for for all they do for the show. But I think that's going to do it, Shane. So thanks for joining me. I'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Stay safe. Go Vols.